Hey there, thanks for listening to another episode of the Jack Eason Podcast. We are talking about the issues of loneliness, isolation, and how to overcome them with true friendship and community. For more information on these and other issues, check out Jack's website at jackeason.org. Now here's Jack. Hey there, you guys. It is another podcast, and we're talking about some great issues today. Uh, today, a very dear friend and special guest with us is a pastor in Knoxville, Tennessee, at the Buffett Heights Baptist Church. Dave Thomas is with me. How's it going? Hey, good. I'm glad to talk to you today, Jack. Yeah, thank you, man. We were, we were just talking a little bit earlier about this whole issue of loneliness and building community. I want to jump right back in there because you've got me intrigued. You, you started doing something creative as a church family with trying to get your... Uh, your folks, your congregation together. Tell tell the folks what are some things that you guys have done recently. Okay, yeah, great, absolutely. We have um, we noticed uh, that we had a whole bunch of people at church who didn't know each other. They were worshiping together um, on Sundays, you know, but they were not really knowing names. They weren't knowing how to pray for one another and encourage one another. And so uh, we we began began we began some really intentional efforts to get people together. So we did some life groups throughout the summer. Uh, groups ranged in sizes from four or five up to sixteen and eighteen. And we were talking about biblical concepts, you know, how things apply to life. But we were praying together and you know snacking together and kind of trying to get friend make new friends and get to know folks. We also intentionally put in a monthly gathering outside of the normal church week schedule mm. for the very purpose of um, getting to know one another. And well, some of those were just playing. We had games and uh, kind of like old field day things from elementary school, uh, picnic kind of stuff. We just want people to get to know one another because the relationships within the body of Christ are essential. Yeah. Do you think sometimes we, we um, put so much pressure on ourselves? And I, I think I've even been guilty, maybe even saying this before, that if, if we get together as believers and we're just having fun that we've blown an opportunity that, that everything has to be spiritual all the time do you think sometimes we we overdo it sometimes and we don't even really think about the the, the basic uh foundation of a relationship as you just said is you got to know one another and have friendship first yeah jack that's absolutely true and i am guilty um I want there to be a spiritual element to everything that we do as a pastor. I feel that's a responsibility of mine, but you hit on it. If we don't know each other, we don't know how to pray for one another. We don't know how to encourage one another. We don't get the opportunity to rejoice together in the victories and the successes. Mm. We don't get the opportunity to weep together in the failures and in the hurt and the sorrow. And so absolutely. Um, I have learned that getting together and, and getting to know somebody's name is really the first step, the important step in growing together in Christ. Mm. Why, why do you think it's such a challenge in our culture? I mean, there are some obvious reasons maybe that jump out, but for for even in the church for us to build, and, and outside the church too, but to build a community, what are some of those things that you're seeing are hindrances for that happening? Yeah, the, the first thing that comes to mind is the busyness of our schedules. Um, we carve out time for church, maybe a Sunday morning um, or just a small group, but we've got uh, so many things that we want to do, so many things that we need to do, so many things related to our kids, sports, band, whatever it might be, 
that we limit those times. And it's really tough to get to know somebody who sits on the other side of the worship center. Mm. uh, If you never do something beyond sit in the same room and worship. And so I really believe it affects our worship too. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and that's kind of one one of the one of the ways, uh, one of the places I wanted to head because in talking about community, uh, and, and discovering some of the obstacles community, people are kind of loners, and we live in a lonely culture despite technology yeah. now. Um, one of the benefits, I think, that we've that God kind of even put in place for us as believers uh, of co- benefits of community is is worship. Um, how, do, how do you see that um, unfolding at, at Buffett Heights? How do you see the people? Do, do you think they are? They see worship as a benefit of, of doing life in community. What are things? How are things there? Yeah, I do. Um, and there's a really important element to that. Um, and I, again, something that I have perceived lately is that when people don't attend worship on a regular basis, and, and I guess what I mean is if they hit or miss, maybe they're there once a month or every other week or even less, uh, they're missing out on the overall spiritual growth of the church. They're missing out on the message that the pastor has prepared for the people. And so they're getting a little bit here and a little bit there, but it creates difficulties in conversations later because you can't have an ongoing conversation about what the Lord is teaching us or what we're praying about the vision of the church or the needs of the church. If you're not there. And so the worshiping together is maybe it's essential uh, for spiritual community, mm. it's certainly ne- it's certainly really really important. Yeah. But if you're not there, you can't. You know, somebody says, "Hey, man, did you hear that testimony we had last week?" Oh, I missed it. I was at somewhere else. Then it's tough to make that connection. You know, how did we learn together when we weren't together? Yeah, yeah. How how do you create? I think you do a great job at Buffett. In uh, full disclaimer to the folks who are listening, you know, I had the privilege to uh, serve with you, which was an honor for about seven eight months, and uh, be the worship pastor, worship leader there at Buffett. And uh, you know, you you guys are an illustration actually in the book of of all the different. Um, kind of variations of worship that I that I tried just to see if see if anybody would gotta go, what is he doing? And 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 everything that I tried, they were like, this is this is great. This is great. Yeah. Uh, so there was just there was an attitude of of community and worship. How do you as a pastor uh cultivate that? I mean I know the the Holy Spirit and God is a big part of that, but how how do you create that culture at, at Buffett Heights? Yeah, uh, that's really difficult. Um, Obviously, I encourage people to come to church. And I know that sounds just like, oh, yeah, Granny told me I needed to go to church. And and I sometimes listen. But what I want to do, what I want to challenge my people to do is to give me six weeks in a row where they don't miss church. Mm. Uh, Six weeks may sound like a long time to some people. It may sound like it's too short. But even a visitor who doesn't know anybody in six weeks is going to be able to get a feel for the direction of the church. They're going to get a feel for the worship style, the leadership style uh, from the worship pastor and the musicians, from the from me, the pastor. And it's it helps for familiarity. So if I can get somebody to come six weeks in a row, I believe they will have a good um, flavor mm. about who we are before they decide whether they want to come back or not. Right, right. Now, I'll, I'll say this as well. Even if you're at Buffett as one of our people already, I want you to be there um, because you're missing out. Uh, you know, you if, if you're not there, uh, except when it fits your schedule, 
then it can really become a challenge to keep up with the life of the church. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, why do you think uh, this is kind of a, a, a given? Uh, most people go, okay, I kind of know the answer to this question, but but your perspective, I think, could be different um, or, or unique uh, for people who are coming. And you know, one of the one of the premises that I have in one of the chapters uh, of this book is that that. Worship is a benefit of community. I think God created us for community, and and worship is one of those benefits that we experience in community. How do you think that helps the average believer uh, individually grow, and then and then help their neighbor in the in the seat or in the pew or in the congregation help them grow? What is what's the spiritual dynamic that you see happening? Well, um, you know. Christ came to save sinners. We know that's the biblical basis and truth. But before he died, uh, he said, um, talking with Peter in that interaction, very famous interaction, he said, Peter, you are, you know, he said, you are Peter. And upon this rock, talking about who he was, the very nature of Christ, I will build my church. Mm. And the church um, is more than just the worshiping body. We are the church even when we're not singing or even when we're not praising but there's a real spiritual benefit for people uh, in this community because um, we learn to worship and rejoice even when we're not gathered together in the corporate body. And so I think there's a there's a the benefit of worship and the benefit to community, vice versa, extends far beyond the hour, hour and a half or two hours once a week. Mm. Uh, and it extends that that whole attitude moves into your whole life, which translates into uh, I can worship when I when my friend who's going through cancer treatments has a great victory. We worship together, even if it's by phone or email right. or Facebook, you know, so so that worship moves beyond the hour and a half on Sunday to the potential for all week long when we're in community. Now, if we're not in community, there's nobody to rejoice with. Right. That's right. And it, and it becomes a real difficult thing to be an island or to be isolated. And and so there's a lot of this, there's a lot of loneliness that comes in there. There's a lot of um, I'm in this issue alone, not beyond loneliness, but I don't have a friend. I don't have a, you know, a brother in Christ or a sister in Christ because I've not been connected. Mm -hmm. And And that worship really ties us together and gives us a common bond under the leadership of Christ in the local church. Yeah. What, what do you think is it uh, – and, and I'm, I'm – do you think there is a – for the for the millennials, and I know they get a hard time. I, lo I love millennials. Millennials, Generation Z, the next generation. Yeah. Do you think there is – well, for example, I heard I heard one of, one of them uh, say the other day, uh, you know, if I, I can worship and I can be a Christ follower, I'll just – you know, watch church online or I'll listen to yeah. a podcast or, but I don't have to really be engaged. They didn't use the word community. That would be my word. I would say that they said they don't need to be engaged in community. It, what's as your, as a pastor, what would you encourage? How would you encourage them to give that a second, second thought? Well, yeah. So the, I would say this, there's enormous spiritual benefit to being in community with in a community of faith uh, as we worship uh, and for particular worship. And I'll say that if you're not willing to take those, take that brave step to go to church, you know, whatever that church looks like, if you're not willing to take the brave step, you're, you're literally cutting that opportunity off in your life. And uh, so I would just encourage um, them to be brave, be bold uh, and go. Um, and I, I'm sad to say this as well. 
it's you're not going to find a church your first round or your second try. You know, it's tough to find a place where you are being fed the word of God, where worship is authentic and biblical. Um, those are kind of sometimes can be really tough to find. Mm. Mm-hmm. But I'll say this as well. Being in community as worship is not a unique New Testament idea. This was God's plan in the family way back in the Old Testament. We see it best illustrated probably when in, in the kingdom of uh, David. Uh, there we see it laid out in Second uh, Samuel and, and in the Psalms. And, you know, the people would worship. Mm-hmm. There wasn't just a worship leader. They worshiped. They experienced victory together. They experienced right. failure and defeat and all those sort of things together. And they worship through it. And so I would encourage millennials or, or Gen Zs or people who are just outside of the loop, who are kind of fearful about organized religion or whatever, give it a shot. Call a friend. Say, hey, where do you go to church? And plug in to the worship experience because we're called together to worship. And we do that because of who Jesus is, not because of who the church is. Right. That's right. What what other benefits would you see uh, as a pastor and in your experience in ministry, both at Buffett Heights and elsewhere, uh, for for being in community? Obviously, authentic worship is one. What are some other benefits that you that you would recognize, even in maybe in your own congregation, for people who do gather together in community well, each week? Yeah, yeah. So let me give you an example from last night. Uh, we have a prayer meeting that I'm currently leading on Sunday nights, and uh, there's a lady in our group. Um, Great, sweet, dear, dear, sweet lady. But she's in our group and um, she was struggling last night and it was obvious. It wasn't just obvious to me. It was obvious to everybody there, but she was very quiet. And so when it came time to ask about prayer request, I just kind of glanced at her and she started weeping before she started talking. And she said um, and she just simply said something like, I'm going through a really difficult time at work. I'm having a real a real struggle in explaining what's going on to my family, and and I just don't know what to do. Well, within I didn't have to do anything. The ladies in the room went to her immediately, and as we prayed, they held her hand. They put their hand on her shoulder. They began to pray for her, not knowing the details. They began to pray for her, and even after that group closed and I went back to my office, I stopped back by that room, and they were still there talking. Wow. The relationship and the com- – They've worshipped together as a church. They don't sit together, but they've worshipped in the same room for weeks and months and years. They've been in groups together. They Some of them serve in children's ministry together. Some of them come to the same Bible study every week. But there was a relationship there that may not be a everyday contact, but there was a spiritual relationship that lifted her in that moment of great need. Mm. And, and, and they identified. And I promise you, having known those ladies— I promise you that when they see each other again Wednesday or next Sunday, they're going to check in on her. They're going to pat her on the back. They're going to pop her a text and say, hey, how are you doing? I've been praying for you today. And she is being built up in the midst of the struggle. Yeah. So I will tell you that community is essential in the local church. Yeah. Wow. Wow. It, you, you said something else there, too, that, I, that I've come across, uh, and it's a word that we all know, but maybe it's overused or, or maybe it's underused, and that, was, that word was relationship. Do you think that there are – I mean, when we were growing up there, I'm sure there were obstacles or roadblocks that kept us from from having genuine relationships. But given our current culture, uh, what are you seeing as a pastor that you'd say, man, those are really obstacles that even that are hard for people to overcome to even have relationships? What what are some of those things you're seeing? Man, we live in such a world that is um, 
about us. Everything is customizable, you know, you're everything in life. And so we're encouraged by our culture to be unique. Um, and a lot of times that uniqueness uh, drives us to be, to create our own identity, which often pulls us away from other people. Mm. Um, the, the technology stuff, the, uh, the ability to stay home uh, and have these false relationships through the internet. And the reason I say they're false is um, we can say anything we want and take any position we want on the internet. And then we can just turn it off so we don't have to see the response. Right. I think the biggest hindrance is a lot of folks don't know how to look at each other. They don't know how to look each other in the eyes. They don't know how to have a conversation. They don't know how to care about what's going on in somebody else's life. And so, man, some big obstacles are time and effort in relationship. Mm, mm -hmm. uh, I, I think it would be ideal, and I don't, I don't know what, how my church would respond to it, but maybe, maybe if I said, you know what, folks? We want everybody to turn off their phones and all social media and only be connected as much as is required by your job for like 30 days and turn off the phones and turn off everything and have a conversation. Invite somebody over to dinner, meet somebody and go for a walk, maybe somebody that you don't already know and see if the Lord is putting a new friend, a new face, uh, somebody of faith that is what you need to how you need to minister to them or they need to minister to you. If we'll give God a chance, yeah. I really believe he can bring about relationships that are God glorifying and that they build us up. Yeah, that's awesome. It, because it does go back to that. I, you know, I wonder if sometimes uh, we, we are so busy and some of those distractions keep us, no matter the age, uh, keep us from really engaging uh, in genuine relationships, which you have to have in order to have community. Yeah. Well, and, and I don't want to, I don't want to belittle this either. People struggling a lot financially. And so they seem to be running place to place to get the best bargain or place to place to get the next piece of work or the extra money. And the pressure to keep up mm -hmm. uh, is really, really tough. And I think that strains a lot of family relationships, yeah. um, you know, and so I, those are tough things. You know, we have to trust the Lord. Uh, to be our provider and we have to do our part and uh, man just a lot of obstacles of course it's easy for me to come home and shut my door and turn on netflix yeah and, and be content you know for that night right uh, but if i do that every night then I've, i'm cutting myself off from human relationships yeah and that's tough it is it is hey uh, i've been talking to uh, pastor dave thomas again the pastor at uh, buffett heights church in knoxville tennessee if if people wanted to follow up with you dave or reach out to you to, to dialogue more uh, if that's okay, what's what's the best way for them to connect with you? Yeah, email is probably the best. Um, uh, you can connect to us through our website, www.buffettheights.org, and that's B-U-F-F-A-T-H-E-I-G-H-T-S.org. We're on Facebook at Buffett Heights Baptist Church, uh, and you can email me directly if you want to, dthomas at buffettheights.org. Awesome, awesome, man. Thanks for spending a little bit of time with me today. I'm grateful. Yeah, man. Thanks a bunch, Jack. Look forward to seeing that book. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Jack Eason Podcast. Be sure to check out the website for blogs, videos, and more help on the issues of loneliness, friendship, and community. To get updates on the release of Jack's new book from Ravel Publishing, sign up for an email alert at jackeason.org.